Bismillahirrahmanirrahim In the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful Al-Jum'ah Magazine Volume 24 Issues 11 Slash 12 Dhul Qi'dah Slash Dhul Hijjah 1433 Monotheism in the hands of 4th century churchmen By Linda Thayer Innovations of the Church versus the Teachings of Jesus how did Jesus, peace be upon him, become defined as God? We travel back to the 4th century and observe the proceedings of the Christian authorities with the help of a best-selling author, Richard E. Rubinstein, and his book, When Jesus Became God. These events account for a bellwether stage in the historical legacy left to our Christian colleagues and the predicament of their unwieldy, of their unwieldy, convoluted belief system today. There are numerous lessons for us Muslims all along the way in this narrative, both positive and negative. And Allah's refuge is sought from ascribing a son to Him, to God. Revisiting Part One. In the first segment of the series, we looked at the reasoning pursued by a prolific modern biblical scholar, James D. G. Dunn, author of Did the First Christians Worship Jesus?, who wanted to make sense of those earliest Christians who practiced their distinctive worship of God in, by, and through Jesus, peace be upon him, not apart from him. Yet he wanted to reconcile this kind of worship with the strict monotheism recorded concerning Jesus, peace be upon him, the gospel narrative books of Christian scripture. Following not Jesus, peace be upon him, but the self-proclaimed apostle Paul and his doctrine of the raised from the dead and exalted to heaven Christ, those so-called Christians of the New Testament NT of the Christian Bible are to be termed Christological monotheists, in the words of Dunn. We concluded, however, that Dunn failed to consider that Paul, the outsider spokesman for Christians, or more precisely, as Dunn tells us, for those who call upon Jesus Christ, was the center, if not the cause, of stealing would-be followers of uh, Jesus away from Jesus' own teaching. Reading along with Dunn, we noted how the language about Jesus, peace be upon him, in the NT moved from portraying him as monotheistic prophet, reformer of Bani Israel, that is Jesus, peace be upon him, according to himself in the first three gospel books, to representing Jesus as a divine agent as a divine agent than divine associates that is in parts of the gospel of john in acts and the letters of paul clear through to language that presents jesus as co-deity with god that is in the revelation to john all of these being documents comprising the new testament nt we have looked into the NT writings composed roughly between the years 50 and 100 of the Christian era CE, but not canonized, that is officially accepted as scripture by religious authorities until the mid-4th mid century of the common era, Christian era CE, 
We now proceed in this segment to that same 4th Christian century to pick up the ongoing theological power struggles in the wake of what we may regard in effect as the corruption of monotheism set in motion by the Pauline Christological doctrines. Christology is the teaching that the Christ, meaning Jesus, peace be upon, was the divine Son of God whose death paid the penalty for mankind's sin and whose rising from the dead was God's attestation and whose rising from the dead was God's attestation for Paul's teaching. Fourth century Christian controversy and its world. We trace this historical process and its political underpinnings with the aid of Jewish writer Robert E. Robinstein, a specialist in conflict resolution at George Mason University and his 1999 bestseller When Jesus Became God, the struggle to define Christianity during the last days of Rome. References and quotes cited with the page numbers refer to this book. The contest raged over whether the man Jesus, peace be upon him, and his resurrected from the dead and exalted to heaven state in this sense termed Christ was God, and if not, was he more than man? It came to a head not in declining Latin-speaking Rome, but in the emerging Eastern Greek-speaking empire in the three cities where pro prosperity and culture were most celebrated, Constantinople, Turkey, Antioch, Syria, and Alexandria, Egypt, page 4, recall that, that what is now presented to us as the New Testament, whatever its original form and language, has come down to us in the, the, in the then-current international language Greek, not in the very different Aramaic uh, language spoken by Jesus and his Jewish followers. Aramaic, of course, is a Semitic language, a sister language of Arabic. Christianity had grown slowly in the first two centuries, but uh, by 250 CE, this religious group had a rate of expansion whose numbers were soon to surpass that of the Bani Israel, the children of Israel of the time. What should have been a Jewish reform movement two, centu uh, two centuries previously became a predominantly Gentile, non-Jewish religious group with no more than historical roots in Judaism. As a still shadowy minority movement, without the public acceptance enjoyed by the Jewish community, Christians were blamed more than once for the misfortunes of the Roman Empire. Because of their distinctive refusal to show homage to the power structure of the Roman state by sacrificing to their gods, Christians had been set up to suffer under the great persecution of the Roman Emperor Diocletian. Diocletian, Diocletian in the first decade of 300 CE. The bitter conflicts among Christians didn't or did nothing to bring back the glory of declining Rome. Perhaps Rome's power could be rehabilitated through Diocletian, Diocletian, sorry, Diocletian restoring the old gods. But over to the east in enlightened Alexandria, a quarter of whose residents were Jews, popular participation in another context, in another contest for hearts and minds, that of setting the church's philosophical conundrums was in high gear. Their collective decision might be an alternative able to save Roman civilization, pages 5, 18, and 21. The attraction of Pauline Christianity in the 
pagan word was likely related to its uh, promise of immortality, which was to take effect with the personal resurrection from the dead, which in turn followed the model of Jesus' submission to wrongful suffering and supposed death, his return to life, resurrection, and his uh, exaltation to heaven as an intercessory uh, Christ. The Christians' suffering in the insecurity of earthly life would be compensated for, if only in the next life, while the Roman guards were privileged immortal beings, the Greek philosophers had only imagined the human soul as immortal, and Jews then merely hinted at inheriting a world to come. Jesus, peace be upon him, was an exemplar of human behavior, and the church promised its adherents eternal life as their reward. Pages 14 to 17. While Muslims believe in something roughly equivalent to this immortality of the human soul, such as an ongoing existence of individuals beyond their uh, beyond their earthly years is not something that has been brought about by the death, resurrection, and exaltation of Christ Jesus, Paul's teaching, or by any other event in human history. Rather, it is simple, or it is simply part of the program for human beings as created uh, by Allah. That is, it's our distant return to human. Or to him, it is our distant return to him, whereupon each is to give comprehensive account for himself and to be generously compensated for choosing goodness in this life. People today, after uh, people today, uh, often understand the intramural disputes among Christians as happening based on ideological grounds alone, but in fact, they were enabling or complicating historical factors just as crucial as the competing belief statements. There was the pagan Roman word with an emperor who naturally wanted stability and peace among his subjects, who thus was eager to take an active, an active part in regularizing church uh, doctrine. There were church power structures developing during those times with the competing personalities in the Eastern Roman Empire, the primacy of the Western Roman Catholic Church was still to emerge, and only in the, in the 11th century would the schism be made permanent, separating Western Roman uh, dominance from the Eastern Greek Orthodox Church. Jesus, peace be upon him, a son of God, and Allah's refuge is sought. Rome and Constantinople were the main cities vying for fading Roman power. Rome and Constantinople were the main cities vying for fading Roman power, yet it was the intellectual melting pot of Alexandria, Egypt, that would host the ensuing battle over how to conceive of the relationship of Jesus to God. Page 5. In order to see how the question could even arise, we need first to understand how Jesus spoke of himself using terminology meaningful to his Jewish constitu constituency in politically volatile times. Jesus, peace be upon as narrated in the Gospel books of Christian scripture, the New Testament in T had employed coded messianic, coded messianic language, referring to God as his father and to himself as son. A Roman ruler who would feel threatened by a claim that Jesus was Ben Israel's Messiah or spiritual political king, thus challenging uh, Roman rule would give hardly a second thought to a Jewish teacher using a family-oriented uh, metaphor 
calling God his father and referring to himself as God's son. After all, Roman gods were commonly enough said to have human uh, said to have human sons. By contrast, though, in the context of Jesus, Palestine, a son of God was a Hebrew-Jewish phrase meaning a godly person, righteous in terms of the intent of the law of Moses. Promised in Jewish scripture, the Hebrew Bible or Old Testament OT of the Bible, one chosen by God, a Messiah, a Messiah would come to restore to Ben Israel or the Jewish people the glory of the previously ruling house of King David. Uh, peace be upon him to us Muslims Prophet Dawood the new successor of the king figure would be a godly person fit to represent the descendants of Abraham Ibrahim and Moses Musa this godly personage uh, the Hebrew Messiah would be there to the promise uh, made by the Lord God Almighty according to the Hebrew Bible Bible second Kings uh, chapter 7 verses 4 and 5, uh, chapter 7, Second Kings, chapter 7, verses 12 to 17. The prophet Nathan with King David, but that night the Lord said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David that I say to him, When you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will make one of your sons a king and will keep his kingdom strong. I will be his father and he will be my son. I will not withdraw my support from him. Nathan told David everything that God had revealed to him. For a prophet Jesus, peace be upon him, that is Isa, to acknowledge the Hebrew idiom, son of God, meaning a godly person, would have been quite naturally appropriate. Prophets of the one God must be, or must of course by uh, must of course be godly, obedient to God's revealed uh, guidance, but in Jesus' context it meant more. The title Son of God, like Son of David, was an insider code name for the expected messianic prophet. As heir of King David, Jesus, peace be upon him, spoke of the kingdom of God or euphemistically as the kingdom of heaven since Jews did not pronounce the holy name of God and when he did he referred to that society of God fearing individuals who submit to what God requires of them by the way aren't we Muslims by definition intended to be a society of God fearing individuals who submit to what God requires of us the kingdom of God was Jesus code name used in his reform message God's kingdom was to be that social unit in which people would uh, consciously submit to God's law and live righteous lives of dependence upon God as their king, so to speak. Here are some examples of Jesus teaching according to the NT. Bible, Matthew uh, chapter 5 verse 1, Matthew chapter 6, uh, sorry, uh, Bible, Matthew chapter 5 verses 1, 6 and 10. Jesus saw the crowds and went up a hill where he, said, where he sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them, Happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. Happy are those who are persecuted because they do what God requires. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. The Bible, Mark chapter 4, verses 30 to 33. What shall we say, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Ask Jesus. What parable shall we use to explain it? It is like this. A man takes a mustard seed, the smallest seed in the world, and plants it in the ground. 
after a while it grows up and becomes the biggest of all plants it puts out such large branches that the birds come it puts out such large branches that the birds come and make their nest in its shade jesus preached his message to the people using many other parables like these he told them as much as they could understand he would not speak to them without using parables but when he was alone with his disciples he would explain everything to them such believers would be corrected by god and blessed when they obeyed him thus the father son metaphor that is god in relationship to his promised messianic prophet jesus peace be upon him in jesus word had nothing to do with the firstborn or begotten son of the creator at least not as long as the followers of jesus were jews but the later predominantly gentile converts were willing to bring with them into the new christian faith their pagan sensibilities so in paul by means of his gentile friendly doctrines had discouraged jewish participation in the jesus reform movement the greek speaking church lost the hebrew meaning of these terms father and son as the bible context originally reports through translation jesus idiomatic usage of them with paul's prolific input into the nascent movement and with the simultaneous loss of the original jewish followers of jesus uh, the pagan greek meaning of such terms would eventually kick in jesus would be understood as god's son in the same sense that half human apollo hercules was the begotten son of the supreme in the same sense that you uh, that half human apollo hercules was the begotten son of the supreme pagan god zeus in greek mythology uh, paul had written as if jesus were god's uh, partner paul had written as if jesus were god's partner in creation in the same sense that uh, the greek uh, philosophical logos or word was with god at the creation event and was god whatever that might mean part one has a discussion of this uh, part one has a discussion on this once that greek sense was uh, securely fixed in place as the correct christian conception all the other uh, philosophical adjustments would have to be worked in if this new religion were to command the respect of the greek educated intelligentsia of the roman empire of the time the technical term christ was another uh, a malleable expression that Paul co-opted that Paul co-opted and filled with his own meaning the Hebrew term Messiah one anointed that is chosen by God for Lord for leadership became in Greek the title Christ uh, with the conveniently added implications of the spiritual power of a pagan mystery cult uh, personality like that of uh, Serapis or Mithra Serapis or Mithra such secretive cults were associated with initiation rites into uh, initiation rites into sacred mysteries with benefits in the afterlife if jesus uh, peace be upon him was a son of uh, god or even son of the one true god of the jews that is an offspring of an immortal deity and do not miss the uh, and do not miss the demotion of the creator to god status the chief among many gods then then was jesus to be understood as a human at all or was he exclusively divine or was he human and divine and by the way what would it mean to be divine 
in particular what would it mean for any human being to be divine would it mean he embodied the same essence as that of God and Allah's refuges sought even as late as the fourth Christian century there were still those who insisted that Jesus was a human prophet like the previous Hebrew prophets yet while he was not God or God or divine for this would violate monotheism he was clearly more than a normal human being in the Greek mind didn't uh, the Greek language in New Testament NT say as much that he was more than uh, a mere human for he spoke from God and performed miracles of course a Muslim reader of the NT gospel narratives would feel completely comfortable in categorizing Jesus peace be upon him as a prophet in the Islamic sense but the Greeks didn't have the Hebrew concept of prophet and that is the departure point from which the corruption of understanding grew into a raging controversy and eventually an established doctrine with a pagan orientation the fourth century Alexandrians would simply draw on the current trends in a Greek philosophy to interpret biblical text and church doctrine page 5 and thus the stage was set for this irreversible foray into theological speculation herein is one patent lesson for us as Muslims we must take to heart the dangers of engaging in theological speculation so as to avoid making the same mistakes as did those who had revelation before us and in time Allah will cause them to understand what they have contrived indeed the truth deny they who say behold God is the Christ son uh, of Mary Surah Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verses 14 to 19 to those who are bent on ascribing divinity to oath beside Allah you follow but other people's conjectures and you yourself do nothing but guess Surah Al-An'am Alexandria and Arius before beginning at the before beginning at the beginning we jump into the middle of our drama Alexandria Egypt of 356 361 CE with the central question at hand was uh, prophet Jesus peace be upon him now known as Paul's Jesus Christ to be considered a God or even the God now that the pagan gods were known to uh, by the pagan enlightened to be a uh, fictitious carriers of culture perhaps like the modern Santa Claus or the Easter bunny or the tooth fairy was the Lord Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus or Christ all terms used by Paul to be considered divine that is somehow God himself an Eastern uh, Presbyter an Eastern uh, Presbyter a church officer lower than Bishop an Eastern uh, Presbyter church officer lower than Bishop known to history as Arius known to history as Arius had responded to this exploratory hypothesis with nay while Bishop Athanasius of Alexandria while Bishop Athanasius of Alexandria countered with ye in agreement with his Western colleagues this bishop would more than once lose his bishopric over this question bishopric over his or over this question he would be sent into exile when the new Aryan friendly Emperor uh, Constantius the second took the throne in faraway Constantinople this time Athanasius was replaced with an Aryan Bishop from 
elsewhere in the empire in keeping with the views of the Roman throne. George of uh, Cappadocia, Cappadocia in Asia Minor Turkey, the imported outsider bishop, was unwelcome in Alexandria. The local community wanted the return of their beloved hometown Athanasius after a year of Arian George's uh, persecution of pagan and non-Arians uh, alike. The Alexandrians took matters into their own hands and attacked George, who escaped assassination with his life. But when a church council ruled in favor of the Arian position, George audaciously took it upon himself and returned to Alexandria, reclaiming his office. Four days later, the Arian emperor uh, Constantius died. The Arian emperor Constantius died inconveniently for George and anti-Arian and anti-Aryan supporters of Athanasius so, uh, and anti-Aryan supporters of Athanasius co-opted Alexandria's churches, putting George in a prison. With the advent of the new non-Aryan emperor, Julian George was brashly, was brashly dragged out and beaten to death in 361 CE in retaliation. Within two months, Athanasius returned from a monastery hideout in the Egyptian desert to his ecclesiastical uh, post, pages uh, two, 2 to 4. But let us now backtrack from this particular climax confrontation to fill in its background before moving on to complete the saga. Athanasius' anti-Aryan theology took the position accepting Pauline writings as incontestable, accepting Pauline writings as incontestable church truth that Jesus Christ was uh, unbegotten, uh, just as God could be referred to as the unbegotten one. But what Athanasius meant was that Jesus was not uh, created. Uh, but what uh, Athanasius uh, meant was that Jesus was not created from nothing, but rather that he was created by God from the same substance as that of God himself, and that accordingly Christ was not separate from and lesser than God, and again we seek refuge in Allah. In contrast, Arius took the position that Jesus, peace be upon him, was created by God like other humans, and that while Jesus was the holiest person who had ever lived, Jesus was not the eternal God incarnate, i.e. embodied in human form. For Arius, God by nature was perfect and could not be imitated by human beings. However, Jesus' uh, virtue, however, Jesus virtue as Christ could be emulated and thus individual believers could possibly become sons or daughters of God by <coughs> by adoption as a result of consciously having developed within themselves a godly manner of life the same way in which Jesus had become the ultimate son of God by his perfection of life. No one in church circles seemed to notice that both Arius and Athanasius were philosophizing in the Greek uh, concepts, not explicating the Hebrew or Jewish categories used by Jesus, peace be upon him. The personal fortunes of Athanasius waxed and waned as church councils periodically condemned him. Five times he was exiled from his office as bishop of the Alexandrian church, even pursued by impartial, <coughs> even pursued by imperial troops for arrest. In the end, bewilderingly, in the end, bewilderingly, councils ultimately settled on approving the views of Athanasius, not those of Arius. Uh, 
Athanasius winning argument was that if the Christ were to be less than God that Christ would not have the standing to save mortal humans from the consequences of their sinful deeds Christ had to be superior to sinful uh, humans meaning that he had to be God and Allah's refuge is sought the Christian concept of salvation means to be exempted from the guilt of the individual's inevitable sin and thus rescued from the punishment of hellfire in the next life if anyone did not believe that Christ was God Athanasius said then that person could not be saved from his deserved punishment according to Athanasius the arguments of Arius were so clever and convincing that the struggle against uh, Arianism was a battle against Satan page 9 also thanks to Athanasius the church councils made Christianity exclusivist outside the church there could be no salvation after all they reasoned uh, had not Jesus said <coughs> Bible uh, John 14 verses 14 to 11 Jesus to his disciples you know the way that leads to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way to get there? Jesus answered him, I am the way, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one goes to the Father, Father except by me. 14, uh, chapter 14, verses 4 to 11. Now that you have known me, he said to them, you will know my father also and from now on you do know him and you have seen him Philip said to him Lord show us the father that is all we need Jesus answered for a long time I have been with you all yet you do not know me Philip whoever has seen me has seen the father why then do you say show us the father do you not believe Philip that I am in the father that I am the Father, the Father is in me. The words that I have spoken to you, Jesus to his disciples, do not come from me. The Father who remains in me does his own work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. If not, believe, if not, believe because of the things I do. This of course comes from the Gospel of John, the New Testament book that implies contradictions to the three other gospel books and serves to introduce Jesus as a divine associate still today Christians tend to quote only part of Jesus metaphor taking it literally to mean that Jesus is God in human form and that there would be no further prophet that could ever be rightly followed for Muslims who believe Jesus to be a God sent prophet there is no difficulty in reading the above words of Jesus peace be upon him as a way of saying that Jesus as Bani Israel Hebrew prophet conveyed the teaching that God was giving was giving him and that for his Jewish audience of his time and place he was the exclusively correct way as the other Jewish teachings had been corrupted let us be clear having a correct concept of prophethood makes the difference between wrongly worshiping Jesus or even worshiping God in by and by and through Jesus as against the believers of his time rightly following him and his sunnah as a human exemplar sent by God unfortunately our interfaith uh, Christian partners will 
more likely be those who worship God in, by, and through Jesus. Some will appear to worship Jesus directly without misgiving, calling upon him by name and thanking Jesus for God's blessings. The intolerance of Athanasius was perhaps matched eventually by persecution on the part of Arius against his opponents, both pagans and anti-Arian Christians. Mass participation of Alexandrians in discussion of the issues was fierce and evenly divided. Each side had their staunch adherence, and the church would never be totally rid of this controversy for reasons of uh, intransigence and, above all, by reason of following Paul. Antioch and Diocletian at the temple of the pagan god Apollo in Antioch, at the temple of the pagan god Apollo in Antioch, Syria, in 299 CE, the pagan Roman emperor Diocletian, returning from his victory for the moment, see Surat Rum, uh, chapter 30, verses 2 and 3, over the Persians, was attending the sacrificial ceremonies in celebration. Was attending. Uh, was attending the superficial ceremonies and celebration. Internal organs of bullocks, internal organs of bullocks and sheep, one animal after another, were consulted for signs of the emperor's future fortunes. Without exception, the hearts and livers were abnormal. Was disaster imminent for Rome? or some of the emperor's household servants were said to have been spotted making an uh, occult sign in the air just when each animal had been dispatched, the mysterious sign of the cross, a sign of good or ill. Diocletian was not uh, taking any chances. There must be no Christian sectarians to upset this uh, or to upset his balance of power. Any members of his household and any members of the army were to be let go if they refused to sacrifice to the immortal gods. Thereby, Christians would be weeded out if they were not willing to show loyalty to Rome and its civilization. The Great Persecution, uh, 303 to 313 CE, of Diocletian intended to eliminate any Christian non-compliance with the state that could. Uh, comprise the emperor's success. Uh, Christians were not asked to otherwise compromise their faith. Christians were not asked to otherwise compromise their faith and the ritual uh, requirements of compliance were minimized for them. Pages 200, sorry, pages 22 to 28. What was offensive to the Roman ruler was the Christian's exclusivity. What was offensive to the Roman ruler was the Christian exclusivity, their inability to respect other people's gods. Furthermore, Christians had deified Jesus, whom a previous Roman ruler, ruler had considered a seditious Jew long ago, probably uh, long ago, probably executed for disloyalty to Rome, since he supposedly had claimed to be a Jewish king, which didn't help the standing of the Christians either. Many pagans had already come to believe in a supreme god, so why must the Christians demonize the pagans' lesser gods? Why insist on a single deity that alone ruled the universe, and then inexplicably and most confusing of all say that this single exclusive deity did so with the partnership of his divine son? 
And if that wasn't enough, then consider this with their exclusive aims. Christians might just aspire to making the religion the one and only in the empire. And this at a time when there were live threats of invasion from Germanic and North African tribes to the uh, live threats of invasion from Germanic and North African tribes to the west, as well as counter-offensives from Persia to the east. Diocletian's army was riddled with barbarian troops of numerous new religions. Some 20 or 30 years previously, the emperor had already dealt with a Mesopotamian uh, dualistic religion, uh, Manichaeism, <coughs> while the Manichaeans worship the god while the Manichians worship the good god they believe that an equally powerful evil force satan was at work in the world countering the good efforts of humans and the good god uh, thus there was a duality of supreme power in the universe affecting human affairs and leading to their sin the Manichians spirit-led uh, prophet mani had been martyred in the 270s, not only was the religion seen as pro-Persian since many Manichian, uh, not only was the religion seen as pro-Persian since many Manichian converts had been gained in Persia, Rome, Rome's adversary, but their Christ-linked, but their but their Christ-linked missionaries had reached India and China, thus constituting a further threat from within to Diocletian's Roman hegemony. In 302 CE, Diocletian had burnt had burnt a number of their priests. Diocletian had burnt a number of their priests and their books, but their martyrs simply became heroes for a continuing faith. Pages 31 and 32. In those days, there were also the traditional Roman and Greek uh, pagan uh, oracular shrines in mountain groves throughout roman controlled territory these served to answer visitors personal questions through the medium of a kind of fasting prophet called an oracle who uttered unintelligible words those words also called an oracle said to originate with the half-human god apollo the interpreter of the prophet would put the god's prophetic uh, message into poetic verse often ambiguously worded and left for the inquirer to make sense of military people uh, of the time seem often to have consulted an oracle in making strategic decisions note by the way that several centuries later in arabia prophet muhammad peace be upon would be accused of being a soothsayer that is an oracle in keeping with the uh, enchanting verses that came to him the same year as the mentioned as the Manichaean witch hunt was taking place, an oracle near uh, Miletus on the southeast coast of Asia Minor indicated to Diocletian that the god Apollo was being hindered in communicating his foretelling of future events due to those called the righteous of the earth. Accordingly, Diocletian ordered the pulling down of churches, the burning of their books, and the banning of Christian worship. Access to law courts would be banned for those failing the loyalty test to the Roman state. That is a simple sacrifice to the God, pages 32 and 33. The surviving church. In time, the persecuted Christian clergy, bishops, priests became more uh, street savvy. 
In time, the persecuted Christian clergy bishops priests became uh, more street savvy in avoiding the loyalty tests of pagan sacrifice. Many opted to go into hiding in the desert rather than to be unnecessarily martyred. As for those who got caught, imprisonment, imprisonment became their pen, penalty more commonly than execution, especially if they were able to hand over their religious books. In this way, many irreplaceable Christian documents were lost to history as the cost for sparing Christian lives. But such traitorous, but such traitorous Christian priests in North Africa and uh, Numidia, modern Tunisia, Algeria, and Morocco, and Morocco, who avoided standing up for their Christian faith through a glorious martyr's death, were relieved of their sacred uh, priestly powers. Also, lapsed laymen similarly had to do extreme penance in order to be uh, readmitted. In order, sorry, in order to be readmitted. Also, lapsed laymen similarly had to do extreme penance in order to be readmitted to the uh, salvific uh, membership. Salvific membership of the church. Remember that. Uh, salvation was only for those in the church. Ex Christians punished with excommunication were cast outside this safety net, while the followers of the zealous priest uh, uh, Don Don Donatus of North Africa were not willing to forgive those priests who, unlike themselves, had recanted under pressure. The Roman Catholic Church ruled that it was the office of priesthood that merited the honor of spiritual priestly powers and not the holiness or purity of the individual priest who held that office. Thus, a lapsed Christian, even a priest, could return to the Roman Church, pages 37 to, 70, uh, 37 to 41. Compare the ruling by Prophet Muhammad, uh, living in the tough uh, 7th century tribal pagan Arabian society, that the saving of life is to take precedence over submitting to probable martyrdom for one's faith in the one God, as long as one has not, uh, has not in fact given up his belief in the one God. We can infer that a pressing need for political control in church affairs came to take precedence over ideological purity, that is, truth was or would become as it needed to be. The example of Jesus, whether in ideological realms, i.e. monotheism, or in behavioral ones, i.e. a non-violent settling of uh, intramural controversy as in the uh, Donatus affair, took a back seat to the survival of the Christian institution now immersed in power politics. For the sake of its uh, public credibility, the church institution was under pressure to regularize its uh, stated ideology or creedal uh, belief system. By 310 CE, the terror campaign of Diocletian was generalized to include Christian laymen as well as clergy even in the Western Empire, Britain, Spain, France, Germany, where an army officer from the eastern Danube, Dalmatia, Yugoslavia area had become second in command. Uh, Constantius I had no stomach for such persecution. Constantius I had no stomach for such persecution. It would be his son Constantine brought up in Diocletian's court and a, a companion on the emperor's military campaigns who would be named at 32 years of age as 
Western Emperor when Diocletian abdicated for reasons of poor health. Uh, the Emperor of the East soon fell deathly ill and called off the persecution of the Christians, proclaiming it a failure and asking the Christians to pray for his health and that of the state. Pages 37 to 44. Passing the uh, scepter. Passing the scepter. The competition between East and West for supreme Rome. Roman power was soon to be settled when the new Western Emperor Constantine marched on Rome against his rival Maxentium. Constantine, an enlightened pagan, believed in a supreme god, in particular the unconquered son Sol Invictus, Sol Invictus in the commonly spoken Roman language Latin. The sun god was a popular Roman deity. The sun god was a popular Roman deity whose biography had numerous elements similar to today's familiar Christian celebration surrounding Jesus' supposed birthday on December 25th, i.e. Christmas, as well as his resurrection from the dead, i.e. Easter, on Sunday, now the Christian weekly day of worship. Furthermore, uh, Constantine had taken an interest in a second minority religion, having acquired a Christian counselor, Bishop Hosius of Cordova, Spain. Uh, page 44. The key players were now in place, and some uh, watershed events uh, were about to happen. Constantine and his soldiers were en route to Rome when they reported witnessing in the sky a cloud pattern or a solar halo in the shape of. The Christian symbol, the chi rho, two Greek letters, one imposed on the other, with the visual instructions, by this sign you will conquer, said to have been confirmed shortly thereafter in a night dream, which Bishop Hosius validated for Constantine as genuine, and in which he reported Jesus Christ himself, showing him the Christian emblem. Constantine ordered his army to replace their old pagan symbology, symbology with a new insignia to replace their old pagan symbology with a new insignia an interwining of the first two letters of the name Christ an interwining of the first two letters of the name Christ sure enough it seemed to Constantine divine providence uh, had arranged for the failure in strategy Divine uh, Providence had arranged for the failure in strategy of Constantine's unpopular rival and for the victory of Constantine in the West, uh, 313 CE. He already had a strong ally in the East, Licinius, who, however, subsequently uh, in 316 CE had to be fought in the First Holy War to secure the survival and expansion of Christianity with the final defeat of Constantine's opponent in Asia Minor, 324 CE, pages 44 and 45. Roman paganism was clearly decadent and Christianity now had the potential to be the unifying force and the new face of a revitalized Roman Empire, but unification would be hard won already the theological descent of Arius in intellectually astute Alexandria had been referred to an Egypt-wide church council where Aris was ruled out of order and expelled from his church. With the support of Aris' uh, allies in Palestine, Syria, and Asia Minor, the Aryan controversy went regional. 
local attempts at force backfired and it was clear to Constantine that he must take command in order to bring about the need uh, or the needed conflict resolution. Predictably, uh, he sent his uh, trusted advisor, Bishop Hosius of uh, Cordova, to investigate pages 46 and 47. Constantine's church patronage. When in, 30, uh, when in 325 CE, Hosius arrived in Alexandria with Constantine's letter pleading for accord within the religion that was to be a universally unifying for force, Bishop Alexander of Alexandria had already been bombarded with affirmations of support for Arius, a Libyan known for his personal purity, Arius, a Libyan known for his personal purity, from influential Eastern bishops in Nicomedia, uh, Bithynia, Asia Minor, Tyre, Lebanon, Caesarea, uh, Palestine, where regional bishops had met and pronounced Arius to be orthodox or at least within the boundaries of orthodoxy. Bishop Alexander II had been busy collecting uh, signatures to show that his anti-Aryan view was no minority opinion. More significant uh, than correct uh, teaching was that neither side was willing to accept the implications of defeat. Pages 51, 59, uh, 9, and, and 61. For the anti-Aryans, anti being a Christian, meant that God had sent a savior no less in stature than God himself. For the Aryans, the idea that the Eternal could become a man was to demean God Almighty. At the same time, the Aryans did believe that God had taken on the form of a man without uh, ceasing uh, to be God. Athanasius, Alexander's right-hand man, took up the anti-Aryan cause. The anti-Aryans were faced with an impossible paradox. Merging the father and the son meant that the son was not really human or that only his body was human. The personage of Christ had to be wholly human in order to suffer for mankind's sins, pages 62-64. Note that in Islam, by contrast, God forgives sin as a result of the sinner's repentance, not as a result of a righteous person suffering punishment in place of the guilty person, and much less uh, God suffering for the sins of disobedient humans. And recall that it was Paul, not Jesus, peace be upon him, who pro who propounded the concept of salvation through belief in the sacrificial death of Christ, uh, sacrificial death of Christ, that in the, uh, the trendy, the trendiness of such mystery cult ideas in the culture of the age tipped the scales toward Paul's version of the Jesus story. As to the question of Christ's deity, well, wasn't that also clear in the writings of Paul? Now that the Western Church clearly required a supernatural savior, the anti-Aryan bishop. Hosius was ready to join forces with the bishop Athanasius for the sake of national unity and security. He prepared to convene councils in anti-Aryan strongholds so as to reverse the decision of previous Aryan-friendly councils. A statement of faith, a loyalty pledge was drawn up. The Lord Jesus Christ was the only begotten Son, not created at all, but the Creator Himself. He was to be considered begotten from the Father, from which we seek refuge in Allah, not created from non-existence. The Son had always existed, being as unchangeable as the Father. The emerging creed stated 
and the son was the image of the essence of the father this formulation was simply a matter of greek logic applied to unassailable truth as set out by paul recall not set recall not set out by jesus whether Aryan or anti-Aryan Christology, i.e. the theological doctrine of the nature of Christ, made Jesus deity, whether created, begotten, born, or adopted into that divine essence. Even Arius had said that Jesus was God, but not true God. Pages 78 and 79. A reported 250 bishops, a reported 250 bishops, mostly from eastern areas, arrived at a place called Nicaea arranged by Emperor Constantine near his palace in Nicomedia, northwestern Asia Minor, Nicomedia, uh, northwestern Asia Minor, Constantine set for his bishops the task of hammering out a creed agreeable to all the clergy of Christendom. With this as their task, they would have to listen to each other and come to an agreeable wording pages 72 and 75. By trying to define Jesus' relationship to God and to humanity crystallized other concerns as well, uh, one underlying question was this, to what extent were the values and customs of the ancient world still valid guides to thinking and action in a Christian empire? Some Christians among them, Arius and Eusebius, uh, Eusebius of Nicomedia, of Nicomedia, Eusebius uh, of Nicomedia had stronger sense of historical continuity than others, those whose ideas and social relationships were still uh, shaped to a large extent by the optimistic ideals and tolerant practices of pagan society, and for, <coughs> and for whom Christianity seemed a natural extension of and improvement on Judaism tended to be Aryans of one sort or another. By contrast, the strongest uh, anti-Aryans experienced their uh, present as a sharp break with the past. It was they who demanded in effect that Christianity be updated by blurring or even obliterating the long accepted distinction between the Father and the Son, pages 73 and 74. The Muslim might wonder whether it, whether it uh, ever occurred to the bishops to consider what to us may seem obvious. If Jesus, peace be upon him, was not God but merely a man with the God-revealed mission, then many complications derived from this struggle to deify Jesus, peace be upon him, would simply evaporate. Why seemingly did no one question the authority of Paul as setting the pace in theological questions for the fourth century, uh, for the fourth century church? In fact, an early sect of Jewish followers of Jesus called the uh, Ebionites. In fact, an early sect of Jewish followers of Jesus, peace be upon him, called Ebionites, did reject Paul and his teachings outright, considering him a corrupter of Jesus' teachings. This group is earliest uh, uh, mentioned in our existing records in the second century CE. It would seem that the acceptance of Paul had been under attack in the second century. It would seem that the acceptance of Paul had been under attack in the second century since the Ebionites took such a strong position and since around the same time at the other end of the spectrum from the Ebionites came the followers of uh, Marcion of Sinope, Marcion of Sinope, 85 to 160 CE, 
whose hero was Paul, uh, whose scriptures were restricted to the letters of Paul, the Acts of the Apostles, where Paul is highlighted, and the Gospel of Luke, whose author was presumed to be the same as that of the Acts, all of these being writings included in the NT. Uh, in the NT. Is it possible that Paul had successfully steered Jews away from the Jesus movement by refitting it with the new doctrines repulsive to Jews but attractive to pagan new Jews or sorry to pagan non-Jews? Paul's Christ, the deified Jesus, was a violation of strict Jewish monotheism. A deified Jesus would naturally put off Jews from following the human Jesus, peace be upon him, as their messianic prophet. By the 4th century, Paul's adoption into the corpse of genuine apostles of Jesus was secure. It would appear, except on the part of marginal voices like the Ebionites, uh, it would appear like, except on the part of marginal voices like the Ebionites. Paul's teaching provided real philosophical meat. Uh, moreover, one could get caught up in the spiritual rupture of mystical union with the spiritualized figure called Christ. The Jewish scripture was not needed except as an historical anchor in human affairs. Even if its law Torah was obsolete for Christians, this ancient collection of writings now to be called the Old Testament OT was claimed as a Christian book to which the New Testament NT was eventually added to make up uh, to make up the Bible found in its various forms in bookshops today, all reflecting the results of these theological fights. Constantine's Church. In fact, the Roman world was moving on from the historical Jesus and his original message to Ben Israel, which must have looked inappropriate to pagan non-Jews. In this new environment, metaphors counted as literal truth. Mythological figures were strongly enough to win military contests, and thanks to uh, precedents set by Constantine, by his son Cons uh, Constantius II, and by their successors, the opportunity to play the leading role in this uh, emerging project of civilizing humankind under the Roman banner was not to be missed by the Church. Still, practical logic stood in the way. From the perspective of our time, it may seem strange to think of Aryan heretics as conservative, but emphasizing Jesus' humanity and God's transcendent uh, otherness had never seemed heretical in the East. On the contrary, subordinating the Son to the Father was a rational way of maintaining one's belief in a largely unknowable, utterly singular first cause while picturing Christ as a usable model of human moral development. For young uh, militants like uh, Athanasius, however, ancient modes of thought and cultural values were increasingly irrelevant. Greek humanism and rationalism were shallow. Uh, Greek uh, humanism and rationalism were sh uh, sh shallow. Judaism was an offensive anti-Christian faith, and while admirable figures like the hermit Antony could try to perfect themselves in the desert. Most people's primary need was the need for security. Only a strong God, a strong church, and a strong empire could provide helpless humans with the security they craved. Page 74. 
Constantine would give his uh, church the structure it needed, the Roman virtues of law, order, and efficient administration, page 75. Constantine saw himself as a fas as facilitator in the proceedings of the church councils which he convened and attended. He did not hesitate to offer conciliating suggestions. How could Jesus be divine and yet subordinate in some way to the Father? Constantine, or perhaps it was his personal advisor, Bishop Hosius of Cordova suggested that the Son and the Father shared the same essence. In Greek, Homo uh, Osios, Homo Ausios, the Muslim can all but hear the verses of the Quran echoing objection to the creedal formulations proposed and countered. Verily, in the sight of Allah, the nature of Jesus is as the nature of Adam. Surah Ali Imran, chapter 3, verse 59. Verily, Allah does not forgive the ascribing of divinity to out beside him, although he forgives any lesser sin unto whomsoever he wills, for he who ascribes divinity to out beside Allah has indeed contrived an awesome sin. Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 48. And lo, Allah said, O Jesus, son of Mary, didst thou say unto men, Worship me and my mother as deities beside Allah? Jesus answered, Limitless art thou, limitless art thou in thy glory, limitless art thou in thy glory it would not have been possible for me to say what i had no right to say surah al-maidah chapter 5 verses 116 and 117 say he is the one god god the eternal the uncaused uh, cause of all that exists he begets not and neither is he begotten and there is nothing that could be compared with him surah al-ikhlas uh, chapter 112 verses 1 to 4 by this stage however no participating party is seen to have adhered to a simple one God creed monotheism or a Jesus only policy of religious teaching. Paul was acknowledged interpreter of Jesus and even the Aryans subscribed to the pagan Greek view that Jesus was God in some sense or another. No one was seen to argue for sticking to the words of Jesus alone as arbitrator in this controversy. Under the influence of Paul, the religion of Jesus became focused on Jesus' death, his uh, resurrection, arising from the dead, and the taking up of Jesus. The message of Jesus became uh, a museum piece, but thank God we still have some account of the story and saying of Jesus in the gospel books, uh, in the gospel books of the New Testament, by which to measure the gravity of Paul's departure from Jesus' message. Recall that Arius had taken the position that Jesus was God, but not true God. For Arius to say that Jesus was the Logos, the Word, who was with God in the beginning and was God, Gospel of John 1.1, 1, 1, was to make a metaphorical statement. The word that God spoke was an aspect or activity of God such that the power given to the Son by the Father was done by a superior to a subordinate. Even to say that Jesus had been pre-existent with God simply meant that Jesus' role had been pre-planned by the Creator. Jesus was still a part of the Creator order, not part of the Creator. Page 79. Creating a unifying creed. The anti-Aryans wanted to construct a creed that the Aryans could not interpret it in their own heretical, i.e. metaphorical manner, a creed that would be a test of their own orthodox, i.e. correct anti-Aryan faith. The Greek term homo osseus in english same essence or uh, con or or consubstantiality uh, 
or consubstantiality was a philosophical expression, not a biblical one. Hardline Aryans could not sign on, but some Aryans agreed to accept it. After all, it could be interpreted to mean not only same homo essence or osseous, but a whole range of semantic nuances as used by philosophers, essence, substance, reality, being, or type. Uh, the concealed argument of the Aryan party was that if human beings are made in God's image, as the biblical book of Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 stated, then aren't all human beings, including Jesus, of the same type as is God? The emperor Constantine had suggested this term homo osseus, so for the time being it would stand the son was begotten from the osseous of the father. The creed propounded and formalized at Nicaea. The Nicaean creed, however, added in contradictions to the Aryans that the son was true God from true God. Of the Aryan bishops, all but two, both Libyans, signed under pressure from Constantine, hoping to settle once and for all an orthodox doctrine that could be standardized throughout his empire. The two dissenters were immediately relieved of their offices. The Aryans, who signed under duress, would later try to justify their compliance with alternative interpretations, pages 79 to 84. After the force agreement in 325 at the Council of Nicaea, mutual consultation to the extent that it had ever worked would no the, to the extent that it had ever worked, would no longer be possible. A malicious spirit of conflict had been set in motion. Aryans had been dem, uh, de, uh, demonized, uh, and Constantine's use of pressure had set a permanent precedent. Page 87. The Quran reinforces the definiteness of this uh, mindset. And so we have cast enmity and hatred among the followers of the Bible, i.e. literally their book, to last until Resurrection Day, Surah An-Nisa, chapter 5, verse 64. Constantine celebrated the end of the Council of Nicaea with a, with a spectacular banquet in which he assured the attending churchmen of his commitment to the advancing Christianity in his empire. As he soon thereafter, as he soon thereafter wrote to them, their collective decision was from God and free from error. Page 89. This doctrine of the present Roman Catholic Church in regard to its inerrancy apparently has its precedent in Constantine. Constantine's forgiveness and uh, reinstatement of excommunicated Aryans was soon forthcoming, but lack of consensus on basic theological issues, belief about the innovated uh, God nature of Jesus, peace be upon, would continue. Administrative organization was thus hindered, and regional authorities went on functioning independently. When Rome claimed the right to control the Council of Bishops, Eastern churches became less and less able to come to a consensus with the West. Their separation steadily increased, but would not come in its eventual final definitive form, the Great Schism, until the 11th century, pages 84 and 86. Sex in Church Politics Sex and church politics. Emperor Constantine's quest for peace and harmony was shattered by family intrigues and political challengers, which he handled br brutally. Therewith, Bishop Hosius returned to Spain, leaving Constantine without a skilled anti-Aryan advisor. Next, Constantine's obsession with sexual purity would give weight to the concepts of celibacy for clergy and the male domination of women. 
found in earlier Christian writings. His, his was in stark contrast to Jewish tradition where most sexual pleasures were harmless or, or good, provided they were in moderation under the regime of reason, page 96. And all of this would play into the Aryan controversy, pages 89 to 96. Sex and politics were enlisted in the bid to correct or to win the theological context. Roman subjects were accustomed to hear of sexual uh, hijinks and tragedies among members of the imperial elite. At court, matters of state were often family matters, but the ruling class now included bishops and other zealous uh, Christians dedicated to or obsessed with ideals of sexual purity. Almost inevitably, disputes over religious issues took on a sexual caste. It was not enough to call one's opponent a bad Christian or a heretic. He must also be a seducer, a rapist, or a frequenter of prostitutes. This tendency to sexualize conflicts added an intensity and potential for violence that made them even more difficult to resolve. Similarly, a practice had grown up of dedicating female virgins to the church. Widows were expected to remain con 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 uh, continent and lifelong virginity was considered a holy state. Christian Marriage, marriage without sexual intercourse was also valued, yet clergymen were not expected to remain celibate. Priests usually married in the 4th century. Celibacy was recommended for bishops, but many bishops were also married. In one celebrated case, a Libyan priest uh, nominated to be bishop of uh, uh, Potolimes, Potel, uh, Potel, told the bishop of Alexandria that he would not accept unless he could continue to have intercourse with his wife. I shall not be separated from her, he wrote, nor shall I associate with her uh, surreptitiously like an adulterer. I desire and pray to have virtuous children. Evidently, his request was granted. This uncertainty about the sexual code applicable to the clergy reflected a more general ambiguity that troubled ordinary Christians as well. What did it mean to live as a righteous Christian in a post-pagan society? The second century Bishop Clement of Alexandria expressed this ideal in extreme terms. Our Christian ideal is not to experience desire at all. Pages 93 to 95. Uh, the recommendation of Paul probably weighed heavy in the direction that church that the church took regarding sex. Bible, first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter 7, page 38. So the man who marries or lets his daughter get married or get married does well, but the one who does not marry or doesn't let his daughter get married does even better. Sexual uh, abstinence would become a major struggle, reminiscent of Paul's uh, above advice, as admitted by the 4th, 5th century Augustine of Hippo, present-day Anaba, Algeria in North Africa, in his book now commonly available as The Confessions of St. Augustine, uh, 397 to 394 CE, uh, Rubenstein, page 96. Uh, by contrast, we are reminded of the words of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, which marriage and family are the default and most state of affairs. The companion Anas ibn Malik narrates that Allah's messenger said, when a man marries, he has fulfilled half of the religion, meaning Islam, then let him fear Allah regarding the remaining half. Reported by a Tirmidhi, uh, hadith number 3000, 
and, and 96. Christians, of course, have been the uh, perennial symbols among humankind of personal and religious contradiction, especially as manifested in the incongruity in of strict sexual code versus actual behavior, and of the paradoxical theology that this has inspired in Christianity. The two, the two sides in the Aryan controversy as relevant to the questions of sexual code can be characterized as follows. Thus, the contradiction men and women had a new sense of the power to perfect themselves, but most were unable to exercise it. The mind, wrote Augustine of Hippo, orders itself to will. It would not give the order unless it, will, it willed it, yet it does not obey the order. While Aryans tended to uh, emphasize people's potential to follow the moral example of Jesus and the Aryans like Saint Augustine focused on their continued self-enslavement which implied the need for a Christ who was God. Only God could liberate his people from the crushing forces of habit and uh, concupiscence. Only a Christ who was God could forgive them even if they remained helpless sinners. For both sides in con the controversy, sex had become the dominant symbol of the power and weakness of the human will. Page 96. Proof text versus Jesus, a.s. The lack of consensus between Aryans and anti-Aryans opened the door for political challenges to finish off the opponent. For the parties in the Aryan controversy, the result was to privilege negative statements and punish affirmative ones. While it was safe to criticize an opponent's ideas, presenting one's own theology in any detail was uh, presenting one's own theology in any detail was dangerous. Arius had paid the price of speaking too clearly in the banquet, in which he seemed to imply that Jesus was essentially a creature like other creatures. You state theus of Antioch exemplified the opposite danger, for he insisted that homo osseus meant Christ and God were one and the same, and one and the same individual uh, reality or person, hypostatus. hypostatus. This made it seem that, that Jesus was merely an attribute or activity of God. On this point, most of... Uh, the Eastern bishops were inclined to accept that while the Father and the Son were in agreement on everything, they were two distinct realities that could not and should not be married. Page 99. Eustatius tried to defend himself against the charge of Sabellianism, i.e. that God and Jesus were simple aspects of or names for the same individual reality, by arguing that Christ had a human nature too, but he insisted passionately and confusingly that the two natures were entirely separate and different. God himself, he argued, could not have suffered on the cross. Therefore, when Jesus declared the Father is greater than I, when he maintained that the Father only and not the Son knows the date of the last judgment, and when he said, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. All Aryan proof texts, it was Jesus the man, talking not Jesus the Son of God. This was a brave attempt to formulate a doctrine of Christ's dual nature, but the result was to turn Jesus into a kind of uh, schizoid creature. A schizoid is creature, a fallible, vulnerable human personality attached, but how? To an omniscient, omnipotent, 
timeless God personality, this doctrine would not provide much protection against uh, a determined Aryan assault. Pages uh, 63, 99, and 100. Again, a proper concept of prophethood would have come in real handy for settling the Aryan controversy. Again, a proper concept of prophethood would have come in real handy for settling the Aryan controversy, but instead, these two parties would do continue to duel to duel to the death of the other. <coughs> Cold Calculations versus WWJD While the Aryan charges and uh, counter charges were being readied, there were accusations regarding the corruption of bishops and their immoral behavior, uh, suggesting a culture of personal feuds as well as the fluctuation of ethical standards. Next, this would escalate into allegation of treason. The upper hand at church council was always sought where the tide of clerical opinion would swing back and forth between Aryan and uh, anti-Aryan parties. There would uh, never be lasting compromise. Bishops were unseated than reinstated according to their party affiliation. Brutality was uh, commonly employed on both sides, quite unbecoming for churchmen. <coughs> Mutual personal attacks intensified pages 100 and 102. Perhaps such behavior should be seen as common human reaction due to lack of respectful brotherly handling of disagreement, or perhaps as a natural jealousy or envy when one's opponent has the ear of the imperial patron who had made known his favor for the Christian faith just then emerging from state uh, persecution. But not uh, the precedent for such a cold and calculating deportment toward one's brothers in faith as found in the writings of Paul just at the time when Paul as an outsider was working his way into the true apostolic leadership of the Jesus movement which included Peter, James and John in Jerusalem. In New Testament, the letter of Paul to the uh, Galatians 1, 16 to 19, uh, chapter 1, 16 to 19, chapter 2, verses 1 to 14. But God, when he decided to reveal his son to me, I did not go to anyone for advice, nor did I go to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before me. Instead, I went at once to Arabia, and then I returned to Damascus. It was three years later that I went to Jerusalem to obtain information from Peter, and I stayed with him for two weeks. And I stayed with him for two weeks. Uh, it was three years later that I went to Jerusalem to obtain information from Peter, and I stayed with him for two weeks. I did not see any other apostle except James, the Lord's brother, Fourteen years later, I went back to Jerusalem because God revealed to me that I should go. In a private meeting with the leaders, I explained the gospel message that I preached to the Gentiles. I did not want my work in the past or in the present to be a failure, pretending to be uh, fellow uh, believers. These men slipped into our group as spies in order to find out about the freedom we have through our union with Christ Jesus. But those who seem to be the leaders, I say this because it makes no difference to me that they were made no uh, they were that they were made no new suggestions to me, James, Peter and John, who seemed to be the leaders. When Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him in public because he was clearly wrong. Paul was claiming his own right to leadership even when he 
who had never met Jesus disagreed with the actual apostles, that is, Jesus' disciples, after they had been mentored for years by Jesus, peace be upon him, it would be difficult to argue that Paul's attitude jived with Jesus' fear of God. Bible Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 and 44 Happy are the pure in heart, they will see God. But now I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Bible Matthew 4 verses 9 to 11 All this I will give you, the devil said, if you kneel down and worship me. Then Jesus answered, Go away, Satan. The scripture says, Worship the Lord your God and serve him, serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus and angels came and helped him. The popular modern Christian maxim, what would Jesus do? Abbreviated as, what would Jesus do? Abbreviated as WWJD, is used by Christians as a reminder to gauge themselves as how to best to imitate Jesus. Peace be upon him. Our Congratulations to them for aspiring to pattern their behavior after their prophet. Our applause, our applause also to the many Christians who have throughout history or through history doubted the divinity of Jesus and scholarly, the doctrine of the Trinity, since these are not teachings of Jesus. Why then is, is it not also common for Christians to question Paul's credentials? Is it because Paul's writings have been legitimized as part of the New Testament? canon since the mid-4th century CE, and because Christians claim the New Testament as God's word, even though there has been an endless number of reformers who have questioned almost everything else in church history. Surely the Quran and Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him are the corrective are the corrective to endless controversies and to the contradictions created by adding fine print to monotheism. In the coming third installment, inshallah, we continue the sequel to the Aryan controversy and the heritage left to the modern-day Christian. The fact that books still come out in a fresh attempts to explain the doctrine of the Trinity, not to mention the fact that theologically unsophisticated, simple Bible-reading Christians today still have very much an Aryan view of Jesus, both suggest that the Church has not satisfied the simple Christian as to the legitimacy of their theological exploits across the centuries. Uh, Robinstein, Richard E. When Jesus Became God, The Struggle to Define Christianity During the Last Days of Rome, 1999, Harcourt Harvest, New York. Uh, another footnote, Bible references are translations from the American Bible Society, American Bible Society's Good News, Bible Today's English Version, 1979, Nelson, New York. And yet they assert Allah has taken unto himself a son. Limitless is he in his glory. Self-sufficient is he. Unto him belongs all that is in the heavens and all that is on earth. No evidence whatever, no evidence whatever have you for this assertion. Would you ascribe unto Allah something which you cannot know? Say, verily, they they who attribute their own lying inventions to Allah will never attain uh, to a happy state. Or will never attain a happy state. Surah Yunus, chapter 10, verses 68 and 69.
It is inconceivable that the most gracious should take unto himself a son, not one of all the beings that are in the heavens or on earth appears before the most gracious other than as a servant. Surat Maryam, chapter 19, verses 92 and 93. The Annunciation in the Quran. Indeed, Allah has chosen Adam and Noah and the family of Abraham and the family of Imran above the people of all the world. They are descendants one of another, and Allah is all-hearing, all-knowing. Behold, the wife of Imran said, My Lord, I have indeed dedicated to you what is in my belly to be solely devoted, to be solely devoted to your service. So accept this from me, for it is you who are all, uh, who are the all-hearing, the all-knowing. So when she delivered her, she said, My Lord, I have indeed delivered her, a female, and Allah knows best what she had delivered. And my Lord, she said. The male is not like the female as to surface in the high temple. Yet I have named her Mary or Maryam, and I do indeed seek refuge for her in you and for her children from Satan the accursed. And so it was that her Lord accepted Mary with goodly acceptance and caused her to grow wholesomely in the years of her growing. And he entrusted her in the temple to the foster care of Zechariah, Whenever Zachariah entered upon her place in the sanctuary, he found her with provisions. He said, O Mary, from where does this come to you? She said, It is from Allah. Indeed, Allah provides for whomever he so wells without measure. Then and there, Zachariah called upon his Lord. He said, My Lord, grant me from your bounty wholesome children. Indeed, you are the hear hearer of prayer. Then the angels called out to him as he stood offering his prayer in the sanctuary. Allah indeed gives you glad tidings of a son who shall be named John. Yahya, confirming the revelation of a word from Allah. And he shall be an honored leader and um, abstinent and a prophet from among the righteous. He said, My Lord, how shall I have a boy when old age has already come upon me and my wife is barren? He said, So shall it be. Allah does whatever he so wills. He said, My Lord, appoint for me a sign that this will be. He said, Your sign is that you shall not be able to speak to people for three days except by gesture. Yet remember, your Lord much with reverence. Yet remember your Lord much with reverence and exalt him in the evenings and the mornings. And behold, the angel said, O Mary, indeed Allah has chosen you and purified you, and he has chosen you above all the women of the world. O Mary, be ever devoutly obedient to your Lord, and bow your face down to the ground before him, and bow with those who bow in prayer. O Muhammad, this is of the tidings of the unseen past that we reveal to you. For you were not with them when they cast their quills to resolve which of them would have the foster care of Mary. And you were not with them when they were contending for this honor. Behold, the angel said, O Mary, indeed Allah gives you glad tidings of a son brought into being by a word from him. His name is the Messiah, Jesus, son of Mary, eminent in this word and the hereafter and of those brought near to Allah. And he shall speak to people of heavenly guidance while in the cradle and in the prime of manhood, and he shall be of the righteous. She said, My Lord, how shall I have a son when no human being has touched me? He said, So shall it be. Allah creates whatever he so wills. When he decrees a matter, he 
but he but says to it, Be, and so it is. Moreover, he shall teach him the skill of writing, with regard to the divine law, and the wisdom of prophethood, and the Torah, and the evangel, and appoint him as a messenger to the children of Israel, to say, Truly I have come to you with a sign of my commission from your Lord, that I indeed form for you from the mud of the earth a bird-like figure, then I bow, then I blow into it, and so it becomes a bird by Allah's permission. I heal the born blind, I heal the born blind and the leper, and I give life to the dead by Allah's permission. And I tell you what no person knows of what you eat and of what you store up in your houses. Indeed, in this there is a sure sign for you, if indeed you are believers. And I am to confirm what has preceded me of the commandments of the Torah and to make lawful for you some of what has been previously prohibited to you. I have come to you with a sign of my truth from your Lord. So fear Allah and obey me. Indeed, Allah is my Lord and your Lord. So worship him alone. This is a straight way to salvation. But when Jesus discerned from them resolute unbelief, but when Jesus discerned from them resolute unbelief, he said to his followers, Who will be my supporters on the path of Allah? The disciples said, we are the supporters of the religion of Allah. We have indeed believed in Allah. So bear witness that we are indeed Muslims in willing submission to Allah alone. Our Lord, we have believed in the revelation that you have sent down to Jesus, and we have followed him as the messenger you sent to us. So inscribe us among those who bear witness to your oneness. Now they who disbelieved had devised a plan to kill Jesus, but Allah had devised a plan, and Allah is the best of all those who plan. Behold, Allah said, O Jesus, indeed I shall take your soul, and I shall lift you up to me, and I shall cleanse you from the defilement of all of, of all those who disbelieve in you. Moreover, I shall place those who follow you and confirm your message above those who disbelieve until the day of resurrection. Then to me alone shall be the return of all of you, and I shall judge between you regarding that wherein you have been disputing. Then, as for those who disbelieve, I shall torment them with a severe torment in the life of this world and in the hereafter. And for them there shall not be any helpers against Allah's punishment. But as for those who believe in Allah and do righteous deeds, he shall render them their rewards in full. Yet Allah does not love the wrongdoers. This account that we recite to you, O Muhammad, is among the signs of your prophethood and a confirmation, and a confirmation of the truth of this Qur'an, the all-wise reminder for all humanity. Indeed, the likeness of the creation of Jesus with respect to Allah is as the likeness of that of Adam. He created him out of dust, then he said to him, Be, and he was. This is the truth from your Lord regarding Jesus. So do not be of those who have doubt about it. Hence, whoever argues with you concerning him after this uh, knowledge has come to you, say to them, Come, let us call upon you, our sons. Come, let us call upon our sons and your sons and our woman and your woman and ourselves and yourselves. Then we shall earnestly pray to lay the curse of Allah upon those of us who are the liars. Indeed, this is most surely the true narrative regarding Jesus, nor is there any God 
but the one God, indeed Allah, is most surely the overpowering, the all-wise. Yet if they turn away from this summons, then Allah is assuredly all-knowing of the uh, sowers of corruption. Surat Ali Imran, chapter 3, verses 33 to 63. <coughs> the Witness of Jesus on the Day of Judgment On a day hereafter, Allah shall assemble all the messengers and say to them, What has been the response of your peoples to you? They shall say, We have no knowledge of their hearts. Indeed, it is you who are all-knowing of all the realms of the unseen. It is then when Allah shall say, O Jesus, son of Mary, remember my grace upon you and upon your mother. When I aided you with angel Gabriel, the Holy Spirit, so that you might speak to the people of heavenly guidance while in the cradle and in the prime of manhood, and when I taught you writing and the wisdom of prophethood and the Torah and the Evangel, and when you formed out of mud a bird-like figure by my permission, then you blew into it, and behold, it became a bird by, the, by my permission, and when you healed the born blind and the leper by my permission, and when you brought forth the dead by my permission, and when I withheld the children of Israel from killing you, when you came to them with clear and miraculous proofs confirming the truth of your message, then those who disbelieved from among them said, This is nothing but manifest sorcery, and remember when I revealed to the disciples, believe in me, and in my messenger Jesus, they said, We believe and bear witness that we are indeed Muslims in willing submission to Allah alone. Behold, the disciples said, O Jesus, son of Mary, can your Lord send down to us a table spread of food as a sign from heaven? He said, Fear Allah, if indeed you are believers. They said, We wish to eat from it and uh, for our hearts thereby to repose in full assurance so that we may know with certainty that you have spoken the truth to us and so that we may ourselves be among the elect witnesses to its miracle. Jesus, son of Mary, said, O Allah, our Lord, send down to us a table spread from heaven to be a feast for us, for the first of us and the last of us, and to be a sure sign from you, O, uh, from you, of my prophethood, of my prophethood, and provide for us always. For you are the best of providers. Allah said, "Indeed, I shall send it down to you." But whoever of you disbelieves thereafter, I will punish him with a punishment such as I shall not punish anyone else with among. Uh, all the people of the world. Thus it is then on the day of judgment when Allah uh, shall say, O Jesus, son of Mary, did you say to the people, Take me and my mother, both as guards apart from Allah? Jesus, Jesus shall say, Highly exalted are you far above this. It was not for me to say what I had no right to say. If I had said it, then truly you would have known it. You know that you know what is in my soul, and I do not know what is in yourself. Indeed, it is you, you alone, who are all-knowing of all the realms of the unseen. I have not said to them other than what you have commanded me, worship Allah alone, my Lord and your Lord. 
Moreover, I was witness over them only while I remained among them. Then when you took my soul, you yourself were ever vigilant over them, for you are witness over all things. If you torment them, indeed they are your servants, and if you forgive them, indeed it is you who are the overpowering, the all-wise. Allah shall say, this is the day when the truthful shall benefit from their truthfulness. For them are gardens beneath which rivers flow therein. They shall abide for ever and ever. Allah being well pleased with them and they well pleased with him. That is the magnificent triumph to Allah alone belongs all dominion over the heavens and the earth and all that is in them. And he alone is uh, powerful over all things. Surah Al-Ma'idah uh, <coughs> Verses 109 to 120. Alhamdulillah. Third in a five-part series, Biblical Inaccuracy and John 3.16. Lawrence B. Brown. The following is a summary of what we have covered to date in this series of articles. Episode 1. The Gospel known as John almost certainly was not written by the disciple John. Episode 2. Bible translators illegitimately capitalized him in John 3.16 for God so loved the world that he gave his that he gave his his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life to make Jesus look like God. Episode 2 Also, the Bible does not stand up to the basic requirements of reliability and hence does not satisfy the standards of sacred scripture. The last item in this list, number 3, is critical in order to give credence to the claims of John 3.16. The Bible itself has to stand up to critical analysis. It is that analysis that I continue here. The previous article was more scholastic what follows is more common sense let's start with the obvious if the bible is the word of god then what should we make of verses that tell us they are not the word of god paradoxically this is precisely what we find in first corinthians chapter 7 verse 12 but to the rest i not the lord say indicating that what follows was from the author, in this case Paul, and not from God. So if nothing else, this section of the Bible, by Paul's own admission, is not the word of God. 1 Corinthians 7, 12. 1 Corinthians 1, 16 <coughs> points out that Paul could not remember if he baptized anybody other than Crispus, Gaius, and the household of Stephanas. Besides, I do not know whether baptized whether I baptized any other. Now, does this sound like God talking? Would God say Paul baptized Crispus, Gaius, and the household of Stephanas, and there may have been others? But that was a long time ago. And, well, you know, so much has happened since then. It is all kind of fuzzy to me right now. 1 Corinthians 7 verses 25 and 26 records Paul as having written, Now concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord 
in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress. Italics mine. Uh, I suppose, therefore, that this is good because of the present distress. Italics is mine. Second uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 11, verse 17 reads, What I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were foolishly. <clears throat> what I speak, I speak not according to the Lord, but as it were foolishly. Again, does anybody believe that God talks like this? Paul admitted that he answered without guidance from God and without divine authority, and that he personally believed himself to be divinely trustworthy in one case, but speaking foolishly in the other. Paul justified his uh, presumption of authority with the words, According to my judgment, and I think I also have the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 40 The problem is that a whole lot of people have claimed the Spirit of God while all the time doing some very strange and ungodly things. So should Paul's confidence be admired or condemned? However, we answer this question. The point is that whereas human confidence wavers at times, such is not the case with the all-knowing, all-powerful Creator. God would never say, I suppose, as Paul does. In essence, the Bible is its own critic. If we view the Bible as a revelation, including... Uh, telling the story of Jesus Christ, then we have to wonder why it is so inconsistent. For example, when celebrities die, their final words are frequently immortalized. And yet the Bible gives us two different accounts of Jesus' last words. Luke 23 verse 46 states, And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. But John 19.30 says something completely different. So when Jesus had received the uh, sour wine, he said, It is finished, and bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. This is a bold and undeniable contradiction. The Lord's Prayer Jesus' most famous and respected teaching is probably the Lord's Prayer, which Matthew 6 verses 9-13 records as, Our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and give us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever i mean <clears throat> but luke 11 verses 2 to 5 records the same prayer with some very crucial differences our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one Hmm. Jesus Christ's most famous prayer and the two gospel writings that tell the tale disagree. The discrepancy is so great that the Jesus Seminar, a body of prominent biblical scholars, announced the, one, the only word of the Lord's Prayer that can be directly attributed to Jesus is Father. Newsweek, October 31, uh, 1988, page 80. This conclusion is startling, for it 
not only shakes one of the most accepted trees in the forest of Christian faith, but it questions the very tree's legitimacy. Regarding the law, Jesus taught Old Testament law. Furthermore, he taught the law uh, would endure till heaven and earth pass away. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot Greek iota, one jot Greek iota, the ninth letter of the Greek alphabet, or one tittle, stroke or dot will be will by no means will by, will will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. Matthew chapter five verses seventeen and eighteen. Add to that, but if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. Matthew 19.17 So that is what Jesus taught. Now, what did Paul teach? Answer, justification by faith. The vain concept that belief in Jesus. The vain concept that belief in Jesus. Uh, answer, ju uh, answer, justification by faith. The vain concept that belief in Jesus Christ cancels a person's sins. Paul didn't change just a jot or a tittle. No, he cancelled the entire law, and by him, Jesus Christ, everyone who believes, and by him, Jesus Christ, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Acts 13.39 And by him, Jesus Christ, everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Acts 13.39 A more permissive blanket statement would be hard to conceive. We can easily imagine the voice of the collective public screaming, please, let's have more of that. And here it is. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died, i.e. suffered to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the old in the oldness of the letter Romans 7 6 or if I may freely paraphrase but now I tell you to forget this old law the inconveniences of which we have lived with for too long and live by the religion of our preferences rather than by the old uncomfortable mandates of revelation according to Paul God's law was good enough for Moses and Jesus but not for the rest of humankind no trinity for Jesus punch the skip button punch the skip button nowhere in the bible did jesus teach the trinity in fact he taught tawhid divine unity or oneness read mark 12:30 matthew 22:37 and luke 10:27 the first of all the commandments is here o israel the lord our god the lord is one but presto change but presto change all pauline theologians adopted the trinity but presto change, all Pauline theologians adopted the Trinity. So Jesus' most important teachings, his last words, his prayer, the oneness of God and our Creator's law for mankind are all cancelled elsewhere in the Bible by Paul or by Pauline theologians who followed in his wake, which of Jesus' teachings precisely are not contradicted in the Bible. Unreliability is such a common problem. The un indoctrinated audience doesn't know what to believe second samuel 24 verse reads again the anger of the lord was 
aroused against Israel and he moved David against them to say go number Israel and Judah however in first Chronicles 21 uh, uh, chapter 21 verse 1 states now Satan stood up against Israel and moved David to number Israel well which was it the Lord or Satan both verses describe the same event in history but one speaks of God and the other of Satan there is a slight as in total difference if a, uh, there is a slight as in total difference if a book of scripture can't differentiate between God and Satan the only thing we know for sure is that it's not pure unadulterated revelation there are so many contradictions in the New Testament that authors have devoted books to this subject for example Matthew 2 14 and Luke 2 39 differ over whether Jesus family fled to Egypt or to Nazareth in Palestine Matthew 6 uh, chapter 6 verses 9 to 13 and Luke chapter 11 verses 2 to 4 differ over the wording of the Lord's Prayer Matthew 11 uh, verses 13 to uh, 14 and chapter 17 verses 11 to 13 and John chapter 1 verse 21 disagree over whether John the Baptist was Elijah things get worse when we enter the arena of the alleged crucifixion who carried the who carried the cross simon looked look uh, luke 23 26 matthew 27 32 mark 15 21 or jesus who carried the cross simon or jesus uh, john 19 17 was jesus dressed in a scarlet robe matthew 27 28 or a purple robe john 19 2 did the roman soldiers put gold did uh, the roman soldiers put gold matthew 27 34 or mir mark 15 23 in his wine was jesus crucified before the third hour mark 15 25 or after the sixth hour john 19 14 to 15 did jesus ascend the first day luke 23 uh, 43 or not John 20:17. these are only a few of a long list of scriptural inconsistencies but they underscore the difficulty in trusting the New Testament as scripture and if we can't trust the Bible as a whole how can we trust any particular part of it like say John 3:16, upon which Christians base their salvation copyright 2002 Lawrence B Brown Lawrence B Brown is a Muslim uh, Lawrence B. Brown is a Muslim, an ophthalmic, an ophthalmic surgeon, a retired Air Force officer, an ordained interfaith minister, and the author of a number of books of comparative religion and reality-based fiction. His works can be found on his website, www.liveltruth.com. Alhamdulillah.